what's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Getting the Cashflow Game with Kay and Kay. But today it's just Kay for Kenny. Today we've got Neil Dingra. Neil and I met, uh, we got introduced on social media and someone introduced us. He, I didn't even honestly, wasn't really sure what he did. We even talked about this on the podcast. I kind of followed him for a month. He followed me. Then I realized he's a badass loan guy. He's a badass content creator. He's helping other people create content. Honestly, didn't really still know much. We got on a call. Um, it kind of hit it off. And then I went to his Ford event in Vegas where he had Gary V, Ed Milet, um, Brad Lee, super rad event. And then um, after that, you know, we joined, ended up, he ended up uh, saying, I'm going to do a mastermind. So we joined that. Monty's joining as well. And then I said, hey, I'd like to do a podcast. So I said, I'm going to fly up to Reno. So he's like, okay. And here I am in Reno. We uh, flew up and we're actually, I'm shooting this at a different location, but I did uh, fly up to Reno and shoot this podcast. And Crystal did one with his sister. And we brought some people from the team. It is really to see what he's doing up there. Check out his camera equipment. Check out lighting, all that. Sit down and talk shop. Yes, can you believe it? Um, two loan officers that are not at the same company that could potentially be competition are working, collaborating together on how to get better and make it better for everybody else. So as you guys know, I shoot content a lot and um, I'm trying to get better at it. And the way I get better at it is, is get around people that have done it longer or just better at it or figured out the hack. So that's what Neil's done. Neil started kind of doing the social media content game in 2018 and boom, he blew up his brand, his name. Um, it 10X his business and the loan business. So now he's got you know a thriving program where he's coaching people how to post content and they're coming in, helping him shoot it, get comfortable in front of the camera. Then he started the Ford event and that thing was awesome in Vegas. Now he's got the mastermind. So um, the future is going to be awesome with Neil. But we jump into, for the guys, for you watching this, I don't care what business you're in or what you're doing. You could be a real estate investor. You could be anybody. If you're not shooting content, if you're not putting stuff out there, you are missing people. You're missing if you're maybe a real estate investor and you, inv and you want investors to invest with you and you need money. You're not you're not out there producing content, you're, you're not getting in front of those investors. You're not getting in front of that money, right? So we go through creating content, how we got started, the whole thing. It's a really good uh, podcast, a lot of great nuggets. Um, every time I talk to him, I take away one or two nuggets. Um, and that way, the next time I'm with him, I can ask him different questions. And honestly, it's, you know, he's always learning. We're learning together. This mastermind is awesome because it's real estate and mortgage driven. So real estate agents, mortgage, so I can really deep dive with people from my industry so I can get better um, and then give back to you guys, you know, as the community that's watching it. So anyways, without further ado, let's jump in with Neil, talk about success, all the great nuggets. You might want to grab pen and paper. We've got some good info coming. If you're a real estate investor, you know that aside from cash flow, you also get huge tax benefits by investing in real estate. But are you taking full advantage of all the potential tax benefits? We've been working with Tim Looney at CSSI for a few years now, and he's saved us and our clients hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars in taxes doing cost segregation studies on our properties. Let me give you an example. We bought a property in 2019. If we had just used straight line depreciation method, we would have saved about $18,750 on our taxes. But because we did a cost seg, we saved $258,000 in the first year. That's $239,350 more in the first year alone. The other great thing is if you're classified as a real estate professional, you can apply this to other sources of income like your W-2 income or 1099 income, and you can also roll over any unused depreciation to future years. If you've owned your properties for a few years already, don't worry, you can still do a cost seg and save big on your taxes. This isn't tax advice, so consult your CPA to see if you qualify to take advantage of these benefits. And if you're interested in learning more, listen to episode 104 with Tim Looney. You can call or text Tim at 318-469-9861 to schedule a complimentary property analysis and make sure that you mention that you were referred by Kenny and Crystal. Neil, what's up, brother? Hey, man. Thanks for coming out. Cool. So um, I'm not in my studio. I'm in Reno and Neil's studio. This thing's pretty rad. Yeah, we set this up. Um, we don't even have, it's not even a studio. We just have a conference room. We turn it into content for like individual content and then also for podcasts and stuff. It's a good room though. It's like perfect size. Yeah. Lighting. 
it's cool that one thing you just mentioned right before before we get into the podcast that you mentioned was like you guys really invest in your space right so yeah. the look having a place to shoot content because then you can just pop in and hit record you know yeah. that's important for this kind of stuff yeah it's funny some people are like hey can i use your place to shoot a podcast i was like but it's our stuff in there they're like Oh yeah. I'm like, that's weird. Dude. You're, yeah. like, you're not, it's like Mars stuff in the background. So I don't know if you want to do that. Yeah. Um, so we flew in today. We're, uh, to do a little podcasting, a little deep diving. Yep. Um, Neil and I both are in the same industry. Um, and we got it's just weird because normally people don't collaborate in the mortgage. Yeah. I remember when we talked the first time. Yeah. And so, um, one of the people I know that I remember hearing him speak about collaboration was Grant. Yep. Um, he said the biggest mistake he made was because we're taught as like a young age. I don't know. It was like the generation before. It's like, you know, screw your competition, crush them. And then Grant realized it's actually Ty Lopez said, dude, you should invite your competition to help grow your brand. He's like, what? And so when he did on the t his other 10x, it blew yeah. him up. So I think we're all learning that, you know, it's better to kind of get together and collaborate. Don't yeah. hate. Yeah. Yeah. Collaborate. Don't hate. There you go. Um, Neil, so let's jump into it. Um, I know you've we've probably been in the business about the same, yep. but kind of give a background. Um, why in the world you got in the mortgage business and then from the beginning and kind of how you got here. So I think most people get in the mortgage business uh, by accident. You know what I mean? Like nobody chooses <laughs> this life. So, and then once this you're life. in, you're, you're basically, once you're in, you're just stuck. Yeah. You know what I mean? But um, it's a great industry, really cool financial opportunity. Obviously, that's why we're in it. But also, the, we make a real impact, right? Like yeah. we're helping people. Uh, with the biggest purchase of their life. And then, you know, I've seen how real estate transforms people's wealth, you know, from the entry-level family all the way up to, like, the clients of ours that own 20, 30 properties and are multi-multi-millionaires, right? So we see the whole spectrum. Um, and so for me, I just kind of accidentally got into it. I was working as, as a banker at, like, one of these major money center banks. And then my brother, we were in college. My brother was in the mortgage industry and he, at that time was pre-crash. So they were in like a boiler room type mentality. Like oh my gosh. it was a call center. They were doing refis and it was just like a frat house. It's like early 2000s. And yeah. Right? Like okay. 2003 is when I got yeah. in. So then they're like, yo dude, you got to come over here. You can make way more money doing this. And, uh, I was like, okay. Um, yeah, let's go for it. So I started doing it and then just kind of really loved just learning the business. And then also, not what I started with, which is kind of interesting, was I started off in the ops side, not on the sales side. So oh, I, wow, that's I was super like nerdy, introverted. I wanted to know how to do the deals, how to price them, how to get the best deal for the client. So I never would talk to the clients or anybody. I was just the dude behind the scenes working on getting the deals done. And so I feel kind of lucky now because I figured out from an ops perspective first. So I learned processing and underwriting and secondary first before I even got into sales. That's why you're probably more deadly, yeah. Yeah, so now when I got into sales, like, I know all the different parts of the business, and I think, like, you don't necessarily need to know all this shit to be a good in sales and mortgage, but it definitely helps. Yeah. Because you can convey, you can answer questions quickly, you can be confident, all that stuff. So I started doing really well in mortgages, then obviously the whole market crashed, 2008. Yeah. So we had, like, an office of 30 people, me and my brother and all these people. Uh, it, everybody quit. Like, it was just the company you worked for went bankrupt. You have to switch over to another <laughs> company. Um, everybody in the office just dispersed, got regular jobs. Like the whole industry was dead. Nobody wanted to buy a house. Nobody wanted to give a mortgage out. So we sublet our office and we just worked in a closet, basically like a room this size for like two, three years. We became a broker, started doing deals. And then slowly every year just started to build back up. And then we built it back up over the last you know decade. It's amazing. Like when you look back, like I literally had the same story where, uh, Crystal and I, when I started over with her, yeah. um, that's when I met her was right when it crashed and I, and I had downsized my life because I, I thought it was going to be really bad. I predicted it. So everybody else was like, I don't think so. I was like, uh, I think this is going to be really bad. I didn't know any better. I was like 20 something years old. I didn't know shit. We were about yeah. the same, but yeah. for some reason I just had this thing. I was like, this doesn't seem right. I'm like, we gave a lot of people a lot of bad loans. I'm like, this is just not going to end well. And so, but it's the same thing. We looked at each other. We're like, are we even going to stay in this business? And then we yeah. were like, what are we doing? And I remember we literally uh, started an office out of our one, my one bedroom apartment. Yeah. And I just said, dude, just start calling it to work. Like we, we have nothing else to do. You're in the, you're in the hole. Just get out of the hole. Um, and that's, what's cool about like recessions is everybody disperses. So that one was really bad. That's when, when people talk about today, they're like, yo, this is rough. I'm like, that was, this is a cakewalk bro, yeah. compared to that. That was like, I was saying like, it felt like dark, like you, nobody wanted to buy the properties. Like nobody wanted to buy the product that you're selling. Like 
you're selling shit that people don't want. Yeah. Like they don't want houses and they don't want loans. And not to, not only that, they think you caused all of the problems. They're like, yo, mortgage people caused oh, the crisis yeah. and you it guys- It wasn't Wall Street. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a, you, people like you did all this to us. And I'm like, so we got a bad rap, but um, it, you know, like those periods, everybody who we worked with ended up leaving, like getting, most people anyways, got other jobs. They went and like, some people went back to school, some people took regular jobs and we just kind of stuck with it. And there was still something, there was still an opportunity. So I remember back then, for a year, I got into reverse mortgages, like, because Smart. it was good. Like FHA was a great program for seniors who had equity still. And, um, we did those. Then the next one I did was, uh, uh, was those FHA government refis. So I remember the government came out with these, like, you know, stimulus to reduce rates. Oh, yeah. And then on an FHA refi, even if you were upside down and you didn't have equity, you could still refinance. So we would just do like those. Like the loan mod, basically, they pay you yeah. for it, right? And yeah. so we would do those streamlined refis. And then it was the HARP program. I remember Where that. we did all these refinances for people who didn't have any equity because they're, they were upside down, but they wanted to keep their home. So there was always something going on. You just had to, like, be hungry and, and just do it. And then I noticed about 11 or 12, people really started buying up properties. Like, every year, they're like, I'm getting back into this. I'm buying the foreclosures. I'm buying the houses. And every year after that, we had growth. Either we had more people, our volume kept growing. So coming out of like a crisis is probably the best opportunity you have in in any industry, but especially in this one. Yeah, I agree. I think, and right now, I mean, you see it. I, I we were just uh, at a realtor thing last night and I ran to this lady I've known in the business and she said, you know, I won't mention the name of the company, but she goes, yeah, we were here. And then they just called up and said, we're shutting down all the branches in San Diego. It's a big company. And she's yeah. like, what? And they're like, cool. And they're like, five years and she's been in the business longer than you and I and she goes five years that's how they handle it like here's a severance cool you're like what just yeah. like that this and, and this just happened right oh she literally yeah. two three weeks ago I think she said and she's like hey thanks for the heads up like this is how like five years and like I'm a veteran this is how you treat people this is crazy so there's another company um, I won't say the name but they had national company they just got into retail a year ago so they were um, in correspondent and wholesale and they started retail they shut the whole retail division. I think they shut the whole company down now, but literally, you know, hundred branches and they just on an email said, we are done. Everybody's displaced, done. And so um, what's crazy about that is the industry is still doing well. Yeah. It's just there's certain people that are not doing well or certain companies that aren't managing their expenses or they don't have the good sales team or whatever. So what happened was uh, we ended up picking up over 120 loan officers in the last 30 days what? from that just from that your company. whole company or? yeah so the owner of our company ended up connecting with some people said hey i noticed you guys just got displaced love wow. to chat with you see if we can help um they were considering a bunch of different things and they ended up a lot of them ended up picking us so it was really cool to like there's a lot of shifting going on a lot but it's industry, a consolidation right? yeah so like some companies are doing bad but then another company is doing amazingly well so it's this whole shift that happens during a recession where, um, you know, normally it's 80, 20. So 80, 20% of the people do 80% of the business. Yep. And uh, when the markets are good, there's enough business for everybody. Even the people, even that 80%, there's still enough for them to eat and feel like they're doing yeah. well too. But when you get into a tight market, it goes to 90, 10 and there's a lot less left over. So like right now, 10% of the people are doing 90% of the business and the leftovers aren't enough to feed the rest of the people in the industry. So that just means that there's going to be consolidation. There's going to be people leaving. So that's just opportunity for people like ourselves. Yeah. And one of the things I learned um, is I watched people through the down market last time. That I didn't even know. I just looked at numbers. I was like, how'd that guy do more volume in, in the recession? I didn't understand it. And then I started realizing, I'm like, that's what happened. These guys were, they like almost wait for it. They have the liquidity, they have the brand and they yeah. knew as soon as this happens, they're going to just hit the gas. And then a lot of their competition's gone. So they're just sawing up more realtors relationships. And then they come out and, and I started realizing like when a downturn comes, if you hit the gas more, you actually can pick up more market share. Yeah. And especially all the marketing stuff works even more because these guys don't do it. So you have to think about, you know, luckily for people, like you and me, we did pretty well over the last few years. So then now we have the ability to ride out a storm and also invest yeah. in your business. So before I used to look at this business as like, let's just make a bunch of money and then like take it out. Like, you know, go buy real estate, buy boats, whatever the fuck else you want to spend money on. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> like you just rich, yeah, you know? Yeah. And, but then at a certain point I'm like, why am I not investing back into the actual business? 
And in a transactional business, you, there is nothing usually like for people to invest in. Like, what are you going to invest in? Maybe some office stuff like that. But as a brand, if you think about you, Kenny, a brand, me, Neil, a personal brand, we can invest a lot in ourselves. Yeah. That brand is becomes more valuable over time, just like a stock, just like a company. And what I found is the more content I put out, the more people I have on my team resource wise that I can distribute more, the more connections network I have, the more events I can do. Like now I'm growing as a individual personal brand and that can be leveraged for so many things. You can launch yeah, products, not just, not just mortgage. Yeah. yeah. You can launch products in the future that could be profitable. You could sell insurance. You could, you could start a whole new business tomorrow if you have a strong personal brand. And, uh, Brad brought this up at the event. He was like, it took me 20 years to get Lightspeed yeah. Yeah, to, to like, a, you know, a hundred million dollars or whatever it is in, yeah. in revenue. And then it took me six months to do the next one. The three. The next three. It took yeah. one company to do whatever, 10 million in revenue. And now he did three in six months. Yeah. And that's all a, because of a brand. Because of personal brand. So yeah. it's like, it makes everything else easier. You can think of ways you can help reach more people. And if you have an audience, you have a community, more importantly, that's the, that's the difference. If you have a community, now you can do things. And uh, I know you invest a lot in networking as well. And you've probably seen the ROI on that. And very few people think about it that way. Yeah, I mean, we were we did a little, uh, Crystal and I did a little, um, we got invited to just do a little event thing in San Diego on multifamily, just investing. And it was yeah. really just not even talking mortgages, strictly just talking about our portfolio and how to build it. Cause that's where we really know that stuff. Well, um, and I was there, there's a realtor that, um, I know there and basically it's just funny because he's came up to me he does really well. He has another guy and he keeps seeing me. He's like, but, but nobody's doing the content like you're doing. And I hear you and Crystal talk about this. Nobody knows about this stuff. And he's just like, I was like, let's go, you know? Yeah. And so I think when you're putting yourself out there, they start to find you. Yeah. And people in the beginning, it's all free. You know, you're not making any money on this. No, you, you're just spending time. And so you have to, you have to think long term. but it's a asset that can, that pays off down the road. And it's one that you can invest in. It's the same thing with like YouTube, for example, I launched a YouTube channel and I wasn't even thinking anything of it at the time. I just needed a place to put my videos so that I could give someone a link and they could watch it. And then that channel started to grow slowly and I haven't even done it uh, I'm doing it like one tenth of what I should be. Yeah, I'm posting like. Once I remember a you talked about that in your event. Yeah, That's just, your focus. Like, yeah, yeah, it wasn't my main focus, but now that channel like pays me. Like it's, it's crazy. like it pays between five hundred and a thousand bucks a month. Imagine if you did it like legitimately, yeah. you could be making ten grand a month passively just for yeah. marketing yourself. The other part that's cool about that is all these people at the event that said they found me because of the YouTube channel. They're oh like, dude, I gosh. saw your you, YouTube, and now I'm on a call with you, or now I'm at your event, or now I'm doing business with you. And you don't realize how all this stuff starts to work for you. So the coolest thing I think about, you know, marketing and content marketing, especially is the fact that while we're doing this, somebody's watching one of your videos, somebody's watching one of my videos. We're making a relationship with that person right now while we're doing this, while we're sleeping, somebody's watching our shit. Yeah. So that means that like 24, seven, 365, you're promoting yourself and you've just duplicated yourself many times over on the internet. And I think people don't understand that for the most part. And then the few that do end up getting this huge hockey stick growth. It's like, a, it's almost like a compound interest of investing in your retirement. They just, it slowly builds and it starts to compound. No, I totally agree. Yep. Can you talk about, it's funny. Um, one of the things I love that you say all the time, um, because I know people are, you're like, I made, you know, I went from making this money to this money. People go, yeah, but rates were low. And then you go, well, why didn't you do that? Yeah. And people literally just get quiet. Yeah. They and do when you time. say that now, I say that to people like, oh, well, you know, so-and-so flip house. I go, well, then why didn't you make a million dollars last year? They go, oh, yeah, huh? I go, I'm just saying. So it's like, yeah. what did you, I mean, what was your strategy before that was, you know, you're making X and then what 10X you? Yeah, so this business is all about peaks and valleys. And many industries are like that. There's ups and downs. Not, I mean, very few things just go in a straight line. Yeah. And so that's what's exciting about it, you know. But the thing is, on the downturns, you make investments and you can, you continue to do the things you're supposed to do. What most people do, unfortunately, is they pile in when things are good and they work hard to try and get that quick money. And then when things are bad, they just lay off and they don't do shit or they leave. So they're just in for the quick bucks. That's unfortunately that is the truth. Yeah. And the reason I know this is because in April of 2022, 
the mortgage industry and real estate industry hit an all-time high as far as number of people licensed. Just as the market's about to turn. So every it's just and going up. they have up. no idea what's coming. They These have no idea. Have yeah. no idea. Yeah. So it's just like this chart of the industry going up and up. Everyone's piling and piling and piling in. And then and now it's time to for a valley. It's time. It's not a crash, but it's a valley. Yeah. So now it's down and then it'll come back up. But the thing that happens is if you can continue investing and just keep focused on your daily activities, like you said, the market crashed. Oh, eight. You're like, dude, what are we going to do? Let's start working. You know, just keep going. You're going to find out that you're prepared for the upswings. So when I talk about like, you know, luck, it's lucky when, when you like pandemic's not lucky, but the conditions that led to two and 3% for mortgage people, yeah. that was just luck. We yeah. couldn't, we didn't predict that yeah. shit. It wasn't strategy, but why is it that during that period, some people made millions of dollars and some people made 10 thousands or a hundred thousands? Like what's the difference in those people? Cause you both had the same lucky circumstance handed to you on a plate from the government, from the system. You have to be in a position to capture it, the opportunity. So opportunities are going to come up, but you have to be prepared to capture it. So if you have a brand, if you have a team, if you have an audience, a community, now when this type of opportunity gets presented to you, you can fully capture it and make a lot of money and help a lot of people, most importantly. So that's the key is like people don't get that. They think they're just waiting. Like I remember everyone would tell me, oh, I'm waiting for, I just need one more refi boom and then I'll retire. I'm like, bro, you work by yourself. You're lazy as shit. How are you? Wh when this so gift, true. when the rates come, how are you all of a sudden yeah. going to become the type of person that does hundred million in loans? Like you're not going to do it. Let's be real. You know what I mean? And, and yeah. truth be told, that was probably the best environment for loan volume that you'll ever see in your lifetime. Yeah. And some people captured it and some people didn't. Yeah. And so like, I don't think you need those types of things to make a lot of money, but like when it does happen, it's cool, you know? Yeah. And I think, I think I probably wasn't even, uh, because we were doing transition. I transitioned. I was, I realized I'm like, I didn't even capitalize on it. Like I could have. Yeah. So now, but there's going to be another one. Oh no, no. That's, yeah. that's what I was going to get to. Now I know, um, oh, it's going to come again. And I think it's going to be really busy because, you know, we basically, as we dropped the rates and stimulated it, we just raised the rates to slow it down, right? Purposely yeah. almost. And just, just think about like if, and we, if people hear us talk about this and we were just talking about this before, they think about it like, oh, Neil and Kenny are talking about this. I agree with the idea, but how do I actually do this as an individual? So like at a very basic level, do you have a database that you can type an email and hit send and it will notify thousands of people. Like many people don't even have that. It's crazy. So first step is like, do you, are you gathering your customer data? Is there a CRM and can you stay in contact with those people? And not just when you need something. So for example, right now there's nothing to sell them maybe, but there's value you could be providing. Educate. Yeah. Market so updates. provide update, provide information, put out content to your database, to your people. And then what happens is they know, like, and trust you more because you've given value over the years. Now there's an opportunity two years from now to take their rate down. Who's the first person to think of? It's like you, you're top of mind. Plus now you can notify them of cool opportunities. Or let's just say there's a new opportunity. You get, a, you get an opportunity to be a preferred lender at some development. And you can literally hit send and fill 10 deals in one email. You yeah. know what I mean? Like that's, that's the opportunity point. of having an audience. People want the result, but they don't want the work of doing that. They don't realize you need to do that to be prepared to get that result. And that's the thing you need. An, you need like a mic, like, yeah. you know, be like me in here on my own with nothing versus <laughs> like you have a mic that connects to a machine that connects to the internet that can speak to 10,000 people right now. Yeah. Like, and that's people don't understand, yeah. do you know how much if we did this 20 years ago, what this production would have cost to put it out there? Oh yeah. This I is mean, like f a couple grand worth of equipment. And then the, the, the distribution is free. Yeah. It would have been so much money. It wouldn't have made any sense. You couldn't even yeah. do these, you know? And that's the thing with podcasting. Like you started podcasts, your first episode, three people listened to it. Some oh, yeah. people are like, it's a waste of time. But you have to go through the shit to get yeah, to Yeah, you know what we were doing. Yeah. Gary Vee just said, go back and everything you know in real estate, give away. I was still like, I don't even know what that means. I'll just figure it out. Yeah. And then I literally, I was just talking, I think Crystal or Monty, I said, I feel like maybe just six months ago, I started going, okay, I'm really starting to figure this out after two and a half years of just over a hundred, you know, just because you start realizing, oh, that video, the video I think would, nope. Oh, they like that video. Yeah. It doesn't matter what I like is what they want, what they like, you know? Yep. Um, yeah. Cause tactic, like it's funny. So we're doing what we're doing now is we're going, I think I told you this is 
we meet realtors. So I, I tell realtors now, I go, yeah, I never reach out to realtors. I go, I go, I never had anything off you. They go, what? I go, you know, good rates, good service and a piece of paper, like a flyer. I'm like, yeah, everybody offered that. So I was like, ah, that's a waste of time. So I just kept on my business. I said, you went direct to consumer pretty yeah. much for the yeah, part, or yeah. just, we got, we were lucky with referrals, you know? And so, but then I realized after I'm like, why don't I build this brand and learn this marketing? Then I can go back to them. Yeah. So now we're going back. We like literally, we go in the room, we do this presentation. I go, okay, how many realtors here are sending an email once a month? Nobody. Yeah. Like, it's like this. You're like, what? How many do you send? Three a week. What? Don't they get pissed? No, they love it. Yeah. Hey, good job. Love the video. Love the content. Thanks for telling me there's HELOCs out there or whatever. Yeah. So we're That's just- a perfect example. So home equity lines of credit. I don't make any money on that. No. And so, but- Honestly, right now, if you own a home, you probably sit on a lot of equity. It is a very smart thing to do to put a HELOC on your home. Like, I don't even need the money, and I'm just going to add a HELOC to my house because you don't know when you need it. And the thing is, if there is a downturn and prices fall a little bit more than, than what's expected, banks cut HELOCs off. You can't yeah. get one. Freeze them. So you yep. can't, like, get one when you need it. Like, you can't wait till uh, the time you need it. Like, it's kind of a weird thing with, with lending with big banks. It's like they want to lend people the most money who don't need it that's why like you know all these big companies raised all this money over the last few years like why is apple raising billions of dollars at low rate like through bond offerings they don't need the money they're the richest one of the richest companies in the world but they still raise money because it's like dude it's just a smart business decision so you have to think more like think more like these billionaires and be like yo dude this is a good environment i'm gonna take i'm sitting on this equity it's at an all-time high maybe i should take a piece of that and have it for a rainy day yeah I mean, I always tell people, if you look, Elon Musk and Jeff Bezos, the two wealthiest people sold their stock. They didn't purposely know it was going to be the peak. But if you look where they sold, it was the peak because they were like, take, take some, some chips, chips off. off the table. Yeah. And when you look, that was the top of the market and it crashed. I'm like, also too, they have a lot of data that we don't have. Yeah. They kind of knew maybe something was coming. But yeah, I always tell people, the wealthiest people we know, they already got the money. What do you mean? I'm like, they already had it years ago, guys. Why? They already knew. They don't wait till it's a crisis or even now. They are, they got it when it's cheap. They're like, this is the time right here. Yeah. So I mean, I it, I don't know. You probably did this too, but just refinancing your rentals. Yeah. Oh like gosh. you know, I was telling people, hey, just this is a generational opportunity to refi your rentals. Some people did, some people didn't. So it's just being prepared, knowing the signs of like what you need to do, and then that way you're you're in the right position. Yeah. So I kind of want to go into next, obviously, like we met through our mutual friend, um, yep. Mike Howard. Yep. And, um, I actually, he was like, you guys should reach out. I, and, you know, and I was like, and I was kind of like, why am I going to reach out? I don't even know who this guy is. So yeah. we kind of watch each other and I was like, Oh, I don't know who you were. And I started watching. I'm like, Oh, this guy's legit. Yeah. So it was more, more like you have a following. It's more like, Oh, Wow, I like your content. I'm watching his content. I'm watching. I was like, I was watching it. Like yeah. I wasn't purposely. I was like, you just, I just kept getting engaged by your content. And then I just reached out and then we yeah. got on a call. And then it was funny. Cause you were like, I didn't know you do anything with investing. Why don't you talk about it? I was like, Oh yeah, I probably should, you know? Yeah. Um, but that comes down to tactical. You obviously, you did the mortgage, you figured out what's working through obviously just basically broadcasting what you do. And then now you've obviously people came to you and probably started asking you like, Hey, how do you do this? How do you do that? And then you just said, well, why don't I just teach people? Yeah. And then how did, how did that transition happen and how's that going? Yeah. So how it started was, um, about 18, I was bored in the industry, you know, just doing the sales. We buy a lot of leads from like portals online and then we would work on them and convert them and close them. So you'd make money, but it was just like, work. yeah, running on a hamster wheel. Buy leads, put out the fires, close the deals, get paid. Buy leads, put out deals, close, get paid. And it was just like running. And I'm like, I'm tired of this shit. So I started watching people. On, I didn't even have a social media account in, until 2018. Wow. Like I didn't even exist on the internet. And I was looking at it and I was like, hey, um, what are these guys doing with content marketing? Like, And start following like people like Gary Vee. And, and they're like, yeah, you got to put out content. I'm watching all these things. And I'm like, shit, how could I apply that to my industry? And so I started just putting out bad videos honestly like just <laughs> they're just like cringeworthy yeah. like just turn the mic on and let me talk about like ways to improve your credit score just dumb shit whatever like that's how i paid my dues like tuition was like going through the shit and i'm the last dude to do video like super introvert nerdy didn't want to speak on camera but just started doing it and kind of got better at it over a year and then i started to see even doing like average videos i started to see the benefit of that 
more relationships, more people reaching out, more distribution. I'm like, okay, this is kind of cool. You start to see some traction. And, um, I was like, dude, I could never speak to this many people on a phone. Like if I hit the phones and I'm, I'm reaching them with one video. So this is easy, easy decision. It's just math. And then, uh, as I started getting better about it, um, I started to really see exponential growth in the business. Then I was able to build a team. Then I started to really get really good results and my content got better along the way. So I had to go through like eating shit before I got to the good content. So now when you see an event, like the last event we, that you were at in Vegas, like you should have seen the one before that was a fraction of that. The one before that, I don't want anyone to see because it was so bad. The one before that, like I could barely speak on the mic and you know, the one before that, I didn't want to speak at all. So I just hired, I brought in other speakers and I was just, <laughs> I was just, the, I was just the host. This is so I'm funny, the organizer. Yeah. Right. So like people, you have to start somewhere, but you get better. It gets bigger and bigger. And, and I just, your last one was great. I mean, yeah, gosh, I've a, lot been of, to a lot. Yeah. And some people are like, dude, I want to do that. I'm like, well, you don't want to do all the other shit. I guarantee you. So, but that's the key to get to that is you got to do it with purpose, be passionate about it and keep doing it. Even, even when it sucks. Um, so I just liked it because it was like, I'm getting some good feedback and it keeps getting better. And I didn't realize like, it's going to get that big. And then that's how the education thing happened. So a lot of people started asking me to come speak at events. Also, they asked me to, um, come speak to their sales team and it's competitors sometimes, or it's real estate agents. And so I was like, funny you're, you're yeah. a competitor. It's like, so like hilarious. a mortgage company will be like, Hey, come speak to my sales thing about content marketing and don't mention anything about your company or recruiting. I'm like, cool. No problem. Because I'm going to meet people. And I'm going to create the content. A lot of times I'll do it just for the content because oh, sure. you're getting yeah. filmed, you know? So I did all these things. And then what I noticed was I would speak at all the things. Everyone agrees. High fives. Like, let's do this. I agree with what you're saying. We need to do it. And nobody does that afterwards. Or they did it and they would quit because they didn't get any traction. So I started getting all these DMs. I can't keep up with them of like people asking for like, jump on a Zoom, do this. I'm like, you know what? I need to organize this because it's unsustainable to just reply one-to-one. So I'm like, I'm going to create some sort of platform where I could educate people on this thing because I'm good at it. And so, you know, like you don't have to be the biggest expert veteran. Like if you, if you learn, if you've gone from A to B, you are now qualified to teach A how to get to B. Like, and then if you're at C, then you can qualify to teach A, B, C and all that stuff. Right. So once you're there, you're qualified. Like a lot of people think like, Oh, I'm not, who am I to do videos or who am I to help people? No, dude, that's who these people need to learn from because the guy who's at like step 10 or 20, he's not educating the guy at the beginning. He's giving like advice that works for them. Like a lot of the advice you get from people who have already achieved success wouldn't help you today. Cause that's not how they got to where they're at. We today. talk about that all the time. Like yeah. people go, man, I talked to Grant about buying my first deal. I go, guys, Grant's buying $300 million deals. Yeah. Like, so he's telling you don't even buy a house, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, but yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It's like, like a, yeah, exactly. You have Same to start point. somewhere. Exactly. So like, uh, you know, that was basically, I decided, Hey, I'm going to help people started doing that. And really just no ads, no nothing. Just started helping people within the industry. And then it just kind of grew from there to, to an actual real business. So it's just a passion project, like a side hustle, but it turned into like, actually this is a real business and a lot of people need help. And I was really shocked at how many people in the marketing space take advantage of people. So they like sell you something that doesn't really work. They don't even know what the heck they're doing. And so if you really know what you're doing, to agree with that. Yeah, if you know what you're doing and you're an actual practitioner, Ooh. so it's not like, you it's not crush like, it. it's not theory. It's like, dude, I'm doing this. It worked. I'm happy to show you how to do the same. Like that's evidence, you know, based. It's not just some theory where it's a marketing guy who you go to his page and he doesn't even know how to do marketing. You know, it's like, no, dude, I'll teach you the exact things that are working. And that's really resonates with people. So now it's just like trying to do both of like my client, you know, mortgage business, but then also help people within the industry. And for now, it's just a side thing, but maybe in the future it grows even to bigger. Who knows? I think it will for sure for you. Yeah, I think Ed Milet said it, but I think it actually came. I don't know if you listened to the, and my Latin Rory Vaden podcast because we, we actually yeah. hired Rory Vaden brand builders. Oh, nice. So we knew him. And, um, I remember they emailed out, Hey, we got Ed. And I was like, so when I listened to how Ed launched in his speech, I was like, cause Rory, maybe I don't know him, but that guy is really good on stage. He's like yeah. a wordsmith. So if you, I was like, okay, you can tell there's some Rory in the speech, but you know, Rory was the one I think had told Ed, like, you're just helping the person you used to be. Yeah. You're like, I'm, I was you dude. I'm here. So I'm yeah. the guy you want. I'm not Matt that owns UWM trying to tell you how to do, you know what I'm saying? It's yeah. like, you're too far. You're too far removed. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and that's the cool part about being in the business still is you can actually teach like what's happening. Like the market shifted. 
what am I doing? Okay, well, now your content shifts a little bit. Yeah. And the other stuff that maybe was working six months ago doesn't work today. Yeah. And I know that because I'm actually in the business. Yeah, yeah. It's hard to do that as like a marketing guru or something like that. Yes. I was going to ask you, um, cause I think the more we kind of meet up with agents and people, cause a lot of it's like just trying to get them comfortable in front of a camera and I yeah. just kind of let it run for five minutes. I go, okay, are we ready to like get yeah, down? Yeah. How did you, um, how did you get over yourself? Cause I say getting over yourself to be like, just to shoot. Like, how did you, yeah. what, like, what was it to be like, I got to do this. Was it more like, dude, I need to do this for my family or money. Or is it more like, I just need to figure this out. Well, I, I was doing okay in the business. So like my kind of rock bottom is like, maybe people like make fun of it. They're like, dude, that's what I would, that's a cool, you're, you're in a good spot already. And I was like, well, dude, I knew I was capable of much more. Yeah. So the hack I would use for anybody to get comfortable making videos is like, take your phone and, you know, open up the camera roll. And then put it on a tripod or hold it up like this and start shooting yourself with these videos. And you're going to like be like, this is the worst thing ever I've seen. You're super cringe, whatever. But you don't have to post them. So just do that for two weeks. Like just make yourself do it daily. Like on the calendar is appointment 10 a.m. I have to shoot a video on my phone, but nobody has to see it. It's just you. And then look back over those 14 days. And for some people, it may take a little bit longer. But I guarantee you on day 14, it's going to be way better than it was on day one. And it's literally just reps. So people think I'm introverted. I suck on video. No, dude, it's a, it's just reps. Like if you go into the gym and you could barely push the bar one day and then you keep doing the shit, well, now you're pushing more weight. Like you, you get stronger, you get better at it. It's all it is is reps. Same thing with public speaking. My mouth would go dry. I would uh, get super, super shaky because I was nervous. But then now I'm like, like I don't care. I'm, yeah. I, it's, I actually enjoy it. But yeah. I used to hate it. I used to dread it. So it's just reps. So if you make the reps to where nobody's, you're not embarrassed because you don't have to actually post it, that's <laughs> yeah. the hack. So then what happens is at some point you're like, yeah, that's actually, I actually don't hate the way I look and sound. I feel like that's me a little bit. Yeah. yeah. And you start to be more natural and then you go ahead and hit post and post to Facebook. Facebook, the bar is dead low. It's, your, it's <laughs> like, your, it's your mom, <laughs> your <laughs> aunt, it's old people. Yeah, old people. Yeah, yeah nobody's yeah. going to like make That's fun it. of, nobody's going to make I'm laughing because I'm like, it's a yeah. good, I never heard that. Post to Facebook. Yeah. But it's like the bar, I post everything on Facebook that I don't care about because like it, the, the bar is so low and if it fails, like nobody cares, yeah. right? It's not like people think on Instagram, they have people that follow them. They don't want to look stupid and they don't want to say something and they, they have self doubt. But like Facebook, like, your family's going to see it. They're going to like it, your friends, whatever. So post it there. Nobody's going to give you any negative feedback. You'll hear some good positive things. And then uh, just ask your friends. Like, this is one thing I think people don't do is like, dude, ask people and be like, dude, I've gotten some good feedback. But what I need from you, Kenny, is like, could you tell me some things I could improve? Because nobody's going to like actively reach out and be, dude, you know, when you make these videos, they kind of suck right here. I need you to like, you should change it. So, but you need to ask somebody who's like a, not family member, but somebody like in your industry, like, Hey man, I, I need some like real feedback. Could you tell me like, what, where do I lose you in this video or how could I get better? That's and they'll, they'll tell you, dude, I can barely hear you. And you seem unsure of this. And I know you know it, but like you seem unsure on camera. So I would figure that out. And then I'd be like, Oh shit, I'm not being confident on camera. Maybe I need to like shoot a Red Bull before I shoot. <laughs> I don't know. Like, you know, like I need to like yeah. hype myself up yeah. because it, the camera takes some energy away from you. So like actively work on getting better. Like the crazy part is you see people, they'll tell me it didn't work. I tried videos and it didn't work. Well, did you actually try and improve? Like, did you point. try, like, did you practice? Did you ask for feedback? Did you see that these videos are like, this is the craziest thing. People will put out content that doesn't work, meaning, meaning it's not getting any reach. And they just keep doing the same shit. Like to me, that means I need to try something new. I need to get better. And a lot of people just do the same thing and they think of, oh, it's going to come. It's eventually going to come. It will come if you keep improving. Like, you know, it's got to get better. So the, the, each video should be better than the last. You should be more comfortable. The topic should be better. Your delivery gets better. All that kind of shit. And then you'll notice you'll get better. Did you, um, did you watch your videos now still to improve? Uh, but you mean before? Oh, no, even now. today. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Like if I look at even today, 90 days ago, uh, six months ago, the better, the videos are better today. Okay. So yeah. you're watching your stuff to improve. Yeah. And I'm asking people for feedback. Okay. Like, I'm like, dude, what's, what do you think about this content? Any ways I could improve? It's a good it? idea. I'm not really doing that. It's and reach idea. out. Like you'll be surprised. There's a lot of YouTubers and people within the industry. The, if you go to their webs, like somebody, like say you didn't know somebody and you didn't have a mutual connection. If you have a mutual connection, be like, Hey dude, could you connect me with Kenny? Somebody will connect us. And then I'm sure we could 
like we'll jump on a call. But for some people, you don't know them and there's nobody you know that knows them. Go to these people's like personal brand websites. Where a lot of them sell like a coaching call or like some way to get in touch with them or they have a product of some sort where you could like reach out to them on a call and it's usually not that expensive. And so get on, like I've gotten on calls with like kind of mid-level YouTubers or even somewhat famous YouTubers. Like, dude, I just would, I really appreciate your content, love your stuff, would love to get some feedback on mine. And then you pay them a little consult fee and they give you some amazing feedback. That's a great idea. And it's like 500 bucks or a thousand bucks. Like there's a hack right there. Yeah. Big deal. And I've, I've connected with, and then what's cool about that is if you're somebody who's like legit, now you, now you made a connection because they're like, they look at your shit and they're like, like, and they'll next, you know, yeah. So like one of the dudes was like, like a somewhat, you know, famous YouTuber. He he was in in LA. Oh, I connected with paid, paid for a consult call. I think it was like thousand bucks. And he said very few people even know about it. It's not, it's not something he even advertises, but I found on his website through some link and bought it, booked a call with him. And then he's like, dude, your content is actually pretty good. And then we started just jamming about stuff. And then now like we're kind of friends, you know, we connect, we yeah. DM back and forth. And also like, you're like, who does he know that I want to you know? It's, yeah. And uh, now, now you build your network. Is there any way I could help this guy with maybe he's really good on Instagram, but he's not, I mean, maybe he's good on YouTube, but he's not good on Instagram. Okay. I'm like, Hey, I could share with some tips with you that are working. You look to provide value to other people. And now you build the network from there. So, um, you know, sometimes you can use your network to meet new people, but then other times just, just buy their shit. It's a great idea. Like, that's how I met Brad. Initially, I saw him at an event, connected with him. One day, he was on his Instagram stories. This is a, I don't think I've ever said this story on camera, but um, he was on his his Instagram, sitting with the buddy, like having cigars. And his buddy was like, dude, what's the point of all of this Instagram shit you do? And he's like, you want to know the point of a personal brand? Watch this. And he, go, he pulls out his phone. And he goes, hey, guys, uh, today I'm going to start the, uh, let me see what I should call this, the Run Shit by Brad Club. Ten grand. And you can run shit by me. I'll give you my cell number. You can run shit by me for six months. 10 G's, first five people that want it, let me know. And I was like, that just seems like a fucking good deal. You know what I mean? Like you could just call them with any problem you have. And I was like thinking of the ROI, but I'm like, fuck it, I'm just gonna do it. So I just text him like, yo, dude, I'll do that. Where do you want it? Like, how do I sign up? He's like, okay, okay, uh, send the wire here or something on Monday and you're in. So I sent the money, whatever. Um, he made like that 50 G's as a bet to his buddy who was sitting there as a joke. It was just like, yo, dude, uh, the power of personal brand is I can make 50 grand in five minutes. And he did, but like there's value to it, right? Oh, so yeah, then sure. I reached out like that day, then that first day he he's like, here's my number, call me whenever you do. I was like, dude, first thing, I have a recruiting problem. Can you help me with this? Give me advice on recruiting that helped me like recruit people. Then I was asking about the, dude, I even asked him, I was like, dude, I'm having a problem with work-life balance. My wife hates me because I work too much. Like, how do I fix this? He's like, dude, do these three things. They saved my marriage. Done. Like, do this, do this. And it was like, the advice made me millions of dollars over time. But how did I get in his proximity first? Now we're friends. Now we speak he's at events. Super cool. He's yeah, so it's cool. so cool. But Such like, cool how did I even get in there? It was like, dude, there's sometimes you just have to buy whatever they're selling. So like, you know, some people are cynical. They think like, oh, this is a scam. They think everything's a scam. And that keeps them from all these opportunities. But like, what's the worst case? How many fucking people bought like $10,000 worth of a shit crypto coin thinking it was going to make them a million dollars? But they wouldn't take that same 10 G's and bet it on themselves or bet it on self-development. That's the crazy thing. Yeah. yeah. That's where people are missing the market. And then what is the worst case? It's flat or maybe it didn't turn out as good as you think. I think like people over, uh, they put like risk on a pedestal. And they're like, yo, this could be risky. What if I lose it? And all the big guys, if you ask them, they're like, what, what, would, your, what would your biggest bet be? Like in myself, for sure. Yeah, because like, ROI, like yeah. yeah, so like if you, if you know that connection is going to help pay or help you in the future and you know that um, that person can give you advice that could move the needle for your business, then it's a no-brainer, you know? And these things come up all the time. Like I had a thing with Gary Vee, how to meet him, same thing. He offered something where you could buy this product that he's promoting and then you got to meet him. And I just like, fuck, I'm buying it. Like, yeah. And then now, years later, I did a podcast with him. He spoke at my event. Like, it leads, it can keep growing if you're actually, a, if you're like worthy of it, you know, whatever. But if you really capture it, but those opportunities come up and most people just let them go. You know, the brand, like one of the guys I think of all times, like Billy Jean, you know yeah. him, obviously. I remember uh, I was at one of the masterminds and uh, Clever Cody and I were talking. Yeah. And they were, it's something his name came up and I was like, hey, he's running that crazy uh, house. Yeah, and I know, and he called me. He goes, "Hey, is this a dumb idea?" And Clever's like, "Why are you paying that much?" And Clever's like, "I was like, hey, wait a minute. You know, you should do. You should post on your story 
Now you come over to my house, hand me $5,000 and see what happens. He goes, he posted, and I think he said within like one or two days, $150,000 of people came and hang out at his house on the yeah. water. And he goes, dude, you just paid three months of your thing. That's the power of a brand. Yeah. Like, I was like, holy shit. It's brand. Yeah. And I mean, we're doing the videos. And then when I launched an event, we did, you know, a bunch of sales and got, you know, a lot of people into it right away. And I text Billy because, um, you know, we have been working together on some stuff. And he's like, that's one word, brand. You know, and brand means like what people think about you or the quality or whatever they think, whatever the feeling is that they associate with whatever you're selling. And it might be just you as an individual. So like if you have a good brand, people trust with that you're providing something good and valuable. And then when you offer something, they buy it. And so for any of us, mortgage, real estate, fucking e-commerce, whatever it is you're selling, you're not selling that product or service. You're selling trust. Yeah. If more people trust you, they'll buy from you. They'll like rock. no they'll, trust. Yeah. So it's like, it's just about trust. So when I'm like, I'm doing this sick event, you should be there. You're like, cool, I'll go. Like if I, if you hadn't seen my content or you didn't know me or whatever, like there's no way you would have fucking go. No, right? I'll be You're honest. Like, no. Yeah. Why sure. would you go? Cause you like, signed up for your mastermind. And it wasn't even the event. I was like, I just know tactically like yeah. what you're providing. Cause I know for you, we talked about this, like a lot of, whether it's marketing, a lot of, unfortunately, a lot of these guru, whatever, they're not very tactical. And if yeah. it's not tactical for the average person, they're not going to do it. Somebody could spit fire to you and I, cause we have the team and we could probably hack it and figure it out. Yeah. But if you don't, you don't have this, you're like, they're not going to do it. And that's why you said when I was in the room with Gary V, I just told Gary, I was like, so you want me to give everything away? He goes everything I go, but wouldn't people be stealing my ideas? And some guy in the back on his team says, I'm going to jump in here. He goes, Gary's been giving away for five years yeah. or whatever at this time, maybe more. He goes, maybe 5% of the people do what he does. If 95% that, I would say, yeah. will just, it's in one year and out tomorrow. And even if the people that do it are, they'll probably like thank you and be your friend or your yeah. audience or whatever. For sure. So, I mean, you're, you're giving it away. Yeah. It's I mean, not affecting it, your business. <laughs> no, like, because yeah. there's plenty of business for everybody. And then, yeah. like you said, I don't think it's 5%. It's less than 5% execute. So um, that's the opportunity because then now you can be in that small group that actually does it. And then there's huge upside. So the next thing I want to talk about too is um, like throwing events. Yep. I feel like you went from like people reaching out to you and then you're kind of like, okay, let me start this you know, company and then you're starting to throw events and obviously your last event. Yep. I mean, I could just, I don't know you that well, but I know when you walked on stage, I think you're looking around. I think it like hits you. I could see it. I was like, yeah. watch, you're like, whoa, this is real. And I think yeah. when you even did the mastermind, I think for you, I could tell just by your reaction, you're like this, it felt good to be like, whoa, these people sound like that fast, crazy. Like, yeah. whoa, I'm, this is impacting people. This is real. Yeah. Um, can you talk about like, even if you're throwing like any advice on throwing like local events, if you're, you know, if you're a loan officer, this is for anybody like for local, like any recommendations on local events or bigger events, how you got started and like, you know, how the trajectory just kind of works. Yeah. And then like, yeah, I think like this would be a good point just for anybody to do at the end of and. and and it's a really good point for us to like even just wrap the in the podcast is like, dude, this is something that everybody listening or watching this could do. And right now, uh, nobody's going to very few people are going to do this because times are getting tight. Right. So like, why would I do something where I don't make money right away? So they're focused on like short term sales. But like this is a long strategy that pays even bigger in the long run. So the strategy would be, what is it that you can help teach people? Um, and these would be potential clients or referral partners. For me, um, I started to do more referral partners because those are people that really needed the help of my expertise. And also those are people that could also move the needle for my business, right? So I was like, okay, what do they really need help with? They need help with marketing. They need help with um, business growth. That's the number one thing. Like if you could make somebody money. Oh gosh. But the ROI <laughs> is very clear, oh, yeah. right? Or if you could help them get their name out there, get some more business, right? That's easy. Now for consumers, it could be, you know, how do they invest in real estate during a recession? Like what are the opportunities? So, you know, that's an opportunity for realtors to like host a micro event on getting into real estate investing, buying, how to buy your first rental property. Like this is the time when you can do it and get a better deal than you did are, a than year you, ago, six yeah. months ago. Yeah. So whatever. like, and maybe it's not the right time today, but in two, three months from now, it's going to be get your shit and ready, get, get ready what you and need, you yeah. need to be ready. And there's things you could be doing today to prepare yourself for that. So you get a, the best deal, make the best investment. So that's coming up. So pick like your topic and then make sure it's catchy. And when somebody sees it, they would know what's in it for them. So like, 
real estate opportunity, you know, it could be dominate, uh, dominate your market with this strategy for, for, uh, for business partners, for consumers. It could be, um, how to make the investment, uh, how to capture the best investment opportunity of the last decade or something like, it's like, you know, appealing mm-hmm. and you can spitball, like, you know, come up with a bunch of ideas, whiteboard it, pick the best idea. But basically in one line, it needs to basically get somebody interested. And then now you want to make sure it's as valuable as possible. And this could be for like 10 people. It could be for 50 people. It could be for eventually 500 people, but it doesn't matter. Just focus on making it as valuable as possible. So when I would do a class for referral partners, it would be a micro event. And sometimes only eight to 10 people would be there, but I still put the same effort. Like the night before or the week before I was putting together my slide, trying to add value, researching on different things, what's working so I could incorporate that in my talk, testing out ideas so that at the presentation I could say, hey, this email idea, I actually just tried it last week. It resulted in this many leads and we have this many appointments and now it's going to have this many deals. So like actual practice, like you said, tactical, people love that shit. Yeah. There's very few people who could like just get on stage and just tell stories and just keep your attention. Like that's like Ed Milet. Yeah. And like there's speakers like that, but like if you're new to events, you're not going to be able to do that yeah, shit. You're not, <laughs> yeah, you're not coming on stage and just yeah. going to, Hey guys, this is what I do. Yeah. And like, and make it powerful. People are going to get bored. Yeah. It's just attention span. So the way to compensate for that is give tactics. So you literally will talk, start the talk and be like, dude, thanks for being here. Uh, I'm not the best public speaker. But I tell you what, I know some things that would really help your business. Are you guys interested in going over that? Raise your hand if you're interested in that. Every single person is going to be like, let's go. I'm here for information that could help my business. And that's how you you compensate for maybe not being the best at public speaking or the best at events. If the content that you're saying is really fucking good, then that's all you need to know. So just focus on providing the most value possible and then bring people in to help. My first class I did, I sucked so bad that I just went on the internet and looked for a guy who was good at video marketing for realtors. I found this dude, I found like six people, but this is the only guy who replied to me. Uh-huh. He was teaching realtors how to do video and he was actually good at it. He was in freaking Canada. Oh my and God. I think it was in Toronto or Montreal. I can't remember. So I just messaged him directly. And I was like, yo dude, really love your content. I'm doing a class for a Remax. I didn't tell him it was only for 12 people. <laughs> I was like, I'm doing a class for a Remax and would love to bring you in as the guest speaker. I'll fly you out here. I'll cover your hotel. Would love to have you speak. Now, this is a small event, so we don't have a huge budget, but like I'll cover all your travel. Plus, you'll be able to create some content. And I sent that to like six people. Five ghosted me. One dude said yes. This dude was a really cool guy. Flew out here. He taught the class for me. I just hosted it. So I spoke for like my 10, 15 minutes in the beginning. Then I'm like, yo, Sebastian's coming up and he's going to teach you guys some amazing shit. He talked for like 45 minutes and he was good. But I got credit for doing it. So don't put it all on you. Like bring in some people. And it doesn't have to cost you a bunch of money. Smart. And even like ask, like, for example, say you're doing an event or I'm doing an event. And I know you're really good at you and your wife uh, own rentals and you're really good at like evaluating deals. So my topic could be marketing. And then like, I'm going to bring, now that you guys are making more money, you need to make better investments. So I'm bringing up my good friend, Kenny. He's going to talk to you about investing in real estate and the opportunities he sees. Now Kenny comes and talks and you just make, mix it up. Like bring in, yeah. uh, they're called SBE, subject matter expert or thought leader. Bring in those type of people to speak. And like I said, it doesn't have to be big. And then afterwards, just make sure you follow up with the people. So I think like the strategy would be come up with a good, compelling value proposition for people to come to it, push it out there, market it, make sure the event is valuable. And then afterwards, you just follow up with the people that registered that are that came out. So then it's like, okay, X, you know, this just going down the list, like, Hey, really, really nice meeting you at the event. We'd love to follow up more on what we talked about and then set those meetings because a lot of people do the events and they don't do that part afterwards. And then it's kind of like you lost the opportunity. So while you're there and even the day or two afterwards, while it's still fresh, make sure you follow up with people and set the follow up appointment. So like maybe somebody doesn't want to have a one-to-one meeting with you right now, but they'll come to the class cause it's, it's valuable for them. Selfish. Like they want to, they're just looking out for themselves. They come to the class. Now you got to show them that you're actually legit. You provide value. They kind of like you now. They they respect you. Now on the Tuesday afterwards or the Monday afterwards, you call them and say, dude, loved having you at the event. What'd you think? Oh, dude, it was awesome. Really nice. Thanks for putting that on. I would love to follow up with you on a couple of the things that we talked about. Is is Friday work for you? And they're like, yeah, I'm in. Like versus before they would have hung up on you. Like cold. Like now it's warm and they respect you. So like that's the key is everyone goes straight to like the ask without providing the value first. If you provide the value first, even though it takes you time and money and effort, 
now all the asks are pretty much yeses. Like if you do a good job, like at my event, for example, do you think I could get meetings with literally everybody in the room? Like if I just oh. want to go on a list, oh, there's yeah. 700 people. Like I could set meetings for the next three years. Yeah, yeah. I'm good off yeah. of one event. Like, you know what I mean? I yeah. don't have the bandwidth, yeah. but like I could. So in the beginning, if it's 12 people, you have fucking eight meetings. Yeah. Three of them don't show. Cool. Five. Now you just met five people that you can do business with going forward that are really valuable. And so same thing with the consumer ones, the business partner ones. I think if you execute it like that, now you're like, okay, now I see why this is important. Yeah, that that's that's awesome. Um, one of the things it's kind of a it's probably hard to answer, but I think a lot of people probably wonder this: if they start doing content, yep, I think they they don't know what does consistent mean. Yeah, how long in my mind should I plan on sucking till maybe I even get good and I have some traction? Like, what would you tell somebody that's like, okay, I'm going to start, but how do my what 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 kind of tactical advice? you know, rolling this out and getting started. Yeah. So first thing would be to start with short form. It's easier than doing long form. It's like, if you, if I was to tell you, go to YouTube, make a 10 minute video, you can't even keep someone's attention right now for like 12 seconds. Yeah. It's going to be hard for you to be a YouTuber. So let's start with short form. Cause it's easy. Uh, it's easier anyway. So now you just, your goal is to make a 30 second clip reels yeah. basically, right? Yeah. Reels, which also work as shorts on YouTube, which also work as TikToks. Facebook reels, LinkedIn videos. It's like it crazy, works. Yeah. It's the same video will work for five platforms. So the video should start with the first line should be a hook. It should be like, what are you going to teach them? So could be, these are three things you need to know before you buy a house. These are three, three steps to buying a house. This is the three steps to getting a good deal in a recession. Um, you know, whatever that is. So start with those. I like for beginners. I like the rule of three because it's like you can get into it pretty quick or you can just start with one. You'd be like, here's the biggest uh, piece of advice I could give you when you're buying a home. And now there's many things you could be saying, but you could make that video over and over. So just pick like really just educating them on one topic. Don't try and cover too much because it's only 30 seconds. Yeah. So start the first line out of your mouth is not, this is Neil with AWM, happy Friday. Like everybody's lost you already. So just start with today. This is like, here's the three things you need to be doing to avoid this mistake, how to be successful, whatever it is in your industry. Start with that and then you could fumble the rest and honestly, it's going to be fine because most people start poorly and then you've lost the attention already. So if you start good, even if you're kind of mediocre after that, it's okay because you started good. At least you kept the people. People will scroll away, but then you'll start to get better at the meat of the video and you'll get better over time. So I think focus just on the first line out of your mouth. That's the most important part. Yeah. Like if you can't even get that, what's the point? I remember asking a YouTube guy, how do I grow my YouTube channel? He's like, what was your title and thumbnail? I'm like, what do you mean? What about the video? He's like, the video doesn't even fucking matter if nobody clicks on it. It's true. So you need a good title and a good thumbnail. Focus on just that for now. Don't if, focus on anything else. And if you look at the good YouTubers and you click on it because the thumbnail, you're like, hey, wait a minute, they exaggerated that thumbnail. You're exactly. They had to get you to click on it. Yeah, but like, you don't want to be clickbait. Yeah, but yeah, like yeah. at the same yeah. time, you need to be a little bit more like out there to stand out. So this is the same thing with these short videos. The title in the first line, which is your hook, needs to be good. Focus on that, number one, first and foremost. You could fumble the rest, like I said, but you're still going to reach way more people if you just focus on the beginning. I had the same thing. It's it's crazy. The same advice applies for anything. Uh, I hired a speech coach because I suck so bad at public speaking. And he's like, Neil, first things first, Like, let's just get that first three minutes down. What do you say when you first come on stage? Like, And I used to say, like, I didn't know what to say, so I'd be like, Hey guys, thanks for coming out. You know, um, yeah. So, you know, I'm going to, and I just sounded kind of not confident. So he's like, why don't we start with the problem they have? So then I changed it and you could do the same shit. Anybody watching this could do it. Get on stage. And then literally the first line out of your mouth is we have a problem. And people are like, what? That gets attention. What? Like, they'll put their phone down. Like, what do, you mean? <laughs> what, what, what do we have a problem? Is it a fire coming? Like, what the fuck? You know? And then you're like, we have a problem. The market's shifting and you guys aren't prepared. Or we have a problem. You guys have this small circle that knows, like, and trust you, but it's not enough. You need to expand that. I'm going to show you how to do that today. Sound good? That's, like, that's got to yeah. be the first freaking line yeah. out of your mouth. Now, the rest of your presentation could be mediocre. But if you started like that, you have their attention. If you start poorly, people just decide that you suck, and then they check out for the rest of your talk. Or, and you honestly, you just go watch great speakers. Like, it was funny when Ed Milet came out. I don't know if you remember this. He came out, you know, get it ready. And some guy was on the phone right here. He goes, hey, hey, 
You might want to put that phone down. You got a guy worth $800 million. You might, you're here to learn something, right? Why don't you put that phone yeah, down? That was his. And hook. everybody looked around. It was more like everybody put their phone down. Like you should probably listen to me. Yeah. And he, he was like, I'm worth more money than all these guys. Like, and it was like, you like, that's his hook to get your attention. Yeah. And that gets your attention. Like exactly. I, everybody was like, I looked at even Monty. We we're like, okay. Like, so it's like know. a hook then tell them what we're going to be doing. And then boom. Yeah. And then go into it. And yeah. so that would work for your videos, YouTube, short form, long form speeches, everything. Just think about how you start is the most important thing. It's your first impression. People write you off on a video. They write you off by just scrolling to the next one. In a presentation, they write you off where they're not engaged for the rest of the time. They might even leave or they might fuck around on their phone while you're talking. Yeah. Like, so you need to start good and then go from there. So what's your, um, we could probably talk about this for three. Hours oh yeah. Too, yeah, so yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Like, I mean, yeah, it's, it's good. It's good. Um, what's your thoughts on invest like outside of this, you yeah. got your mortgage, you got this, you're building it up. What's your thoughts on investing? Yeah. Okay. So, um, this is, this will be a good point to end on too. It's like, if you invest, like you make you, the whole purpose is grow your business, do your marketing so you can make more money. Now you're making more money. Where do you put that Deploy money? It, right? So for me, like I remember reading this, for, I think Grant Cardone said this. I was like, I want my money to have babies. So <laughs> yes, you're like, I want to, I want the money to work for me. Yeah. It's the same thing. Like the videos are working for me while I'm sleeping. I want the money to work for me. So for me, um, I don't, I'm not a good trader. Every time I've tried to trade things short term, I've lost. <laughs> okay. It's just gambling. Yeah. Though I know a lot of people tell you, oh dude, I made money on this crypto. I made money in the stock market. I traded this and that. I would tell you 90% of those people are lying to you. They, they're just telling you the wins. They're not telling you the losses. Yeah. Um, it's just like a gambling guy. Like people tell me, oh, dude, I'm killing it in sports betting. Well, you're probably losing. You know what I mean? Yeah. You just, you, <laughs> yeah. you just told me the, three the one win. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it's like short term trading for most people, unless you're a professional, you're going to lose, especially if you're busy with work. So I want things I could just like set and forget. Okay. So for stocks, I put in like companies I believe in that I would be comfortable holding for like 10 years. Did you probably use, right? Okay. Yeah. Or it could be just an index. So I'm just like, dude, I don't really know or I have the timer and I'm just going to put an S&P 500, let okay. it be. Cool. Or it's a dividend paying stock, whatever. I'm just going to let it be. Uh, but the biggest, the best investment for me has been just residential real estate. So I haven't even gotten to commercial or much multifamily. I, the, the most units I own is like a two unit I have. But for the most part, I just bought properties over. I just tried to buy one or two a year for the last four or five years and just kept buying them. And then those are things that I could just set and forget. The rent comes in every month. It, the product's always going to be needed. People always need a good place to live. And I just focused on buying quality rather than trying to find a shithole that I could fix up because yeah. I don't have the bandwidth to hire people exactly. to fix it up. So I kind of maybe even paid a little bit extra to have a property in a nicer area. But smart I know I'll, I'll, always, I'll always be able to rent it. Yeah. And the property maybe is a little bit newer, but I know I don't have to fix the roof and fix all this shit. You want an investment, not a job, basically. Yeah, yeah. so I just wanted to set it and forget it. And then um, for one of them, I self-manage. After that first one, I self-managed. I hired a property manager for all of them. So they take like 5%, which is, I guess, pretty good. Yeah, that's good. In between theirs, 5 and 10%, I think, is what they charge. So it was 5% of the monthly rent, and they managed the rentals for me. So I've rent the other properties. I don't even know who's in them. I don't know what's going on. I don't know how many times the toilet broke or didn't break. I know nothing. All I know is I own the motherfucker and I get the, che <laughs> and the check. The check comes every month. You know what I mean? Like, I so yeah. like get a property manager because yep. you're not going to have the bandwidth. And it, like I was in the comments on the videos for rentals. It's like, yeah, everything's good till the roof breaks and the toilet blows up at three in the morning. I'm like, well, a, that doesn't happen very often. It's pretty rare. Hasn't happened to me yet in 10 years. And B, when it does happen, they're going to call the property manager, not me. Yeah. And then if there's a major problem, I'm sure the property manager will call me. But if it's minor shit, like the toilet's broken, they'll just get it fixed. Like, it's not like an impediment to missing out on all this opportunity because on the off chance that you're going to get one phone call one night, you know what I mean? Like, it doesn't yeah. even, A, is not even that big of a deal. Yeah. So um, that's my best advice is like, just uh, put it in things that are passive, that produce passive income. And I think once you get to enough passive income, then you're not worried about your active income anymore. Yeah. I mean, I think it's, I think that's a... We, we focus on two is build your main business to as big as you can, make as much money and, de and just deploy it smart and just yeah. try to live, you know, humbly, not crazy. Big time, man. Um, I know we got to wrap it up because we could probably talk for four hours. Yeah. Um, I think we just hit an hour. Yeah. Well, uh, best, <laughs> where can everybody find you before I ask you the final question? Um, so uh, my main thing, just hit me up on Instagram, Neil Holm. We can put it in the comments or in the description. 
And if you DM me, I'll reply. I go through all my DMs, so I probably just everybody. Yeah, you're great about that. Yeah, for sure. So I, if you message me, I'll I'll get back to you for sure. And then that way, I don't miss it. Um, then I have channels, YouTube. Every I'm on every social platform, but I'm most active on Instagram. Yeah, you love that one. Um, final question is, what's your uh, definition of generational wealth? Uh, so I think that's like, I don't like. I know people talk about the, like it's going to change the generation wealth. I don't even. I think of it more like. Um, I don't, I don't know if this is a bad way to say it, but I don't really care as much. Everybody's answered so many different ways. Like, yeah, it's like, like it's I don't even know or like care what that would be, but I just think of it like, do you have enough money to be free? And so when I think about finance, everyone's like, yo, I want to just be free, like financially free. So for me, it's like, um, the level of money is what you could say no to. So like when I remember when I got to the first level, now I could say no to jobs I don't want to do anymore. Then when I got to the next level, now you could say no to people you don't want to work with anymore. Dude. Like a shitty boss. You could be like, dude, fuck this place. I'm not working with these people. And then you could go find a better job, but you're not like stressed because if it takes you two months, you got enough runway. Then I remember the next level is like, I can start doing more of the things I like and less of the things I don't like because I can hire somebody. And then I think eventually at some point, it's like, dude, I don't have to go to the airport anymore because now I can fly. Yeah, private, yeah, you know yeah, I mean? yeah, like, yeah. It's just about like, you, could, like say, you could say no to things you don't want or things that suck. Nobody's ever answered that like that way. That's yeah. Cool. So like, I just want to say no to the shit I don't like and the, the, the stuff that just sucks about life. Like I don't want to be forced to do. So like, I think when you get to these other levels of wealth, that would be it. Because what I found was maybe this changes if you got to like huge wealth, but like if you made an extra couple hundred grand this year, or you made an extra million dollars this year, you still wake up kind of the same. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you don't feel like you're going to go blow all the money. Yeah. You're not like jumping on a jet and going to the fucking whatever. Yeah. Really nothing changes. You have the same problems. You still have to take care of your family, your kids. You still got to like deal with all the pressure of work and life. So really what would change the game is peace of mind. So like a goal for me would be to have enough passive income coming in where if I didn't make any money from work, I would still be cool. That's so that freedom. would be, that would be free because now literally I don't have to do shit. And money's coming in. Now, I'm not the type of person that will just sit on a beach and not do nothing. I'll probably do something no matter what. But at least knowing, like, peace of mind, like, everything could go to shit, and I'm okay. Yeah. Like, that's cool. And I think that's, like, takes your stress down and all that stuff. Almost like you, you for you, it's almost like you want to wake up and you're like, whatever I want to do today, if I want to work or not or this, I can just go do it because there's no pressure because it's gone. Yeah. Like, a lot of people are like, yeah, I just want to go off in the sunset and just retire. But, like, you... If, like for me, that's, I don't think you'd be this type of person where you just sit and do nothing, yeah. but you would like to do I think things. People say that and they get there. They're like, it's not really what you think. Yeah. Like what freedom is, is doing the things you like. And then if those things actually make you money. So like right now, marketing is the thing I like the most. Um, it doesn't make me all the money. I have to do client work and stuff and some things I don't like, but maybe someday in the future, only I could just literally do the few things I love doing. And those would be the actual things that make me money. That's freedom. It's not not working. It's working on things that you like. That's actual financial freedom. I like that answer. Neil, that was real. Neil, that was real. It sounds strange. Yeah, yeah. But, um, <laughs> Talking about reals. Yeah, I know, real. right? Yeah. Um, congrats for on your success, man. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome story. Thank you, man. I always love the line when um, you said, well, why didn't you do that? Because it's true. I think um, there's a lot of talkers and you know people spitting stuff out there and it's yeah. they can't back it up with results and you can so and I'm, dude thanks for coming out here and doing this i mean yeah. a lot of people like we just had an idea hey let's do the podcast and then all of a sudden you flew up here and you're doing it yeah so and, and if, i think that's one of the things like here is like commit to what you say and do yeah. things and i think the fact that i come up here and say oh well kenny did this if i said hey come down there let's do an event you do it because this is how you, this is how friendships start. And this is what it is. A lot of people think they're going to do stuff. They just never do it. Yep. And that's why you never get anywhere. So Big time. thanks for the time. Yeah, man. That was fun. For sure.